Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Undead Walking Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Sarah Beth Pollock. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Undead Walking Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Beth Pollock, and this is a very special edition of the Undead Walking Podcast. Uh, As you know, we do a lot of interviews around here, and they're all centered around the world of The Walking Dead, but it's not every day that we get to talk to past members of the cast, and um, not only do we get to do that in this, this episode, but it's a very special episode because this particular former cast member has a book out today. Uh, the cast member in question is Tova Felsha, who was a member of the cast from season five and season six, and then she had that brief cameo appearance in episode 701. Uh, she played Deanna Monroe on the show, and as we know, Deanna is the one who brought Alexandria to life during the apocalypse and uh, kind of became a mentor to Rick in some of his darker, darker hours, I guess you could say. Uh, and ultimately Deanna met her, met her end, but she left a big impression on the group and, you know, Alexandria wouldn't be the place it is without her influence. So every time you see the place, it, it is a reminder of the work that she did. Um, but in real life, Tova Felsha is an amazing actress. Uh, she's a Broadway legend. She's appeared in so many different plays over the years and, uh, taken on just some incredible roles. But uh, the role that she's probably the most famous for is as the daughter of Lily Felsha. And um, that's the subject of her book. It's actually her memoirs. It's titled Lilyville, Mother, Daughter, and Other Roles I've Played. And as a Broadway legend, um, the the memoirs are actually set up as a play. So there's... uh, there's an opening act, there's three acts, there's an intermission, there are these little uh, vignettes in the middle, uh, you know, between different stories, and it's just, it's such an amazing book. I could not stop reading it. Um, Ahead of my interview with her, I was able to read an an advanced copy of it, and to be perfectly honest, I could not stop reading this book. It was, uh, it's so heartwarming, and it's, tragic in a way because you know her Tova's relationship with her mother was complicated it wasn't the relationship that you would think it was it it wasn't and it wasn't until later on in life that Tova kind of figured out where her role was in her mother's life but it's such a compelling story and uh the way she has it set up is is just so different and innovative and you really just can't you can't help but get completely immersed in this story and 
I'm excited to get a hardcover copy of it so that I can I can sit down and read it again because it's just it's just so incredible and the way she describes things uh, it's just you feel like you're there and uh, you know the the parties and the people and uh, the conversations obviously you know there there is a there is a chapter in the book about her work on The Walking Dead and it's it's such an interesting thing because she goes into detail about how she got the call that, uh, that they were looking at her to play the role of, of Deanna and, you know, conversations with Scott Gimple and how she found out that, that Deanna was, was going to die on the series and, you know, how she was kind of bummed out about it. But, you know, she talks about, and I think this is, you know, it comes, it comes through really well in the interview, but, um, you know, when you think about the impact that the walking dead has here, we've had, several actors on the show who have come from all different walks of of Hollywood and you know some people are just starting out they're brand new names and then there there's also people who have had you know long careers in Hollywood um Tova is someone who's you know she's newer to Hollywood because she's got this this Broadway background but she's no stranger to Hollywood either and she was telling me how uh, and, and this is in the book, but she was, she was talking about just the impact that the show had in terms of being recognized. She, you know, she would be in Europe and people would stop her, not because of her work on Broadway, but because they knew her from the show. And, you know, that is really a testament to the reach that The Walking Dead has and just how special it is. And uh, she certainly has very fond memories of the show. And, um, I think if, if it were up to her, she'd still be part of it, but she definitely, you know, looks back with fondness on the experience and, you know, talks about working with Andrew, Andrew Lincoln and, and, you know, working with Melissa McBride and she didn't get it. it she didn't have a chance to, to work with uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, but, you know, she, because she was right there at that, that transition period in the show, um, you know, but she just has so many lovely things to say about the cast and the crew and, um, so it just, it's a really cool interview. So, uh, like I said, the book is available today. It's, uh, it's out April 13th. And, uh, if you have an, an opportunity to read it, it, I think it would really make a good gift. You know, if you're looking for something to get your mom for mother's day or, you know, just a, a special woman in your life. I mean, this is, it's a, it's an interesting story because, in so many ways, you know, we all have these complicated relationships with our family and people in our family. And Tova really doesn't hold back from getting into that. And it's, you know, sometimes it's painful and sometimes it's hard to talk about, but at the same time, it makes her who she is. And I think that's, what's really cool about it. And, um, so yeah, I really think you're going to enjoy this. Uh, she sings, she, I think she would probably dance if, if there was an occasion to dance in the, in the, uh, in the episode or in the interview. Um, she's actually just, just to kind of set up the interview. Uh, she was actually a couple minutes late because she was changing into her walking dead, uh, commemorative Jersey. Cause it, it, I guess when one of the, the set gifts was a walking dead, like hockey Jersey. And, um, so she's actually wearing it in the interview. So it's really cool to see that. And, um, so you'll hear, you know, I'm, I'm, 
I could have cut these things out, but I think it kind of makes, you know, it kind of sets the tone for just how great this interview was. Uh, there's, there's a part where she gets up to go close the door and she's still talking as she walks away from the, from the computer. And then she comes back and she's still, you know, still completely immersed in this conversation. Uh, her husband comes in at one point and so she's kind of talking to him while she's talking to me and it's just, it's a lot of fun. So I really hope you enjoy this. And, uh, like I said, the book is available um, it's available now, so you can you can order it anywhere books are sold. It's called Lilyville, Mother, Daughter, and Other Roles I've Played. And without any further ado, here's my interview with Tova Felsha. I wore this oh, especially you. for you. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's my TWD hockey shirt because we had our opening of season six, I think, in Madison Square Garden, you know, in oh, the main great. arena. Oh, that was great. That is right. But it is, it is such an honor to speak with you. And I'm so, I'm, I was telling Joseph that I, I read, I, I could not stop reading your book. Like it is just such a wonderful book. Thank you. You got, did you get to the part about the walking dead? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I got, I, I could not, like I said, I couldn't stop. I had, I had to keep going. And I, I mean, from the, from the trapeze to the walking dead to the whole, I mean, it was just, it's just such a great story. Thank you so much. I, I'm thrilled you're thrilled. Believe you me, I've never, I'm a first time author. So I'm, I'm glad this worked, you know. It's, you know, I, I never would have guessed that you were a first time author because it's, it's, it's so, it's crafted so well. Thank and you. And I love it. it you know, and, and because that's so part of my, part of my job. And so I'm a, I'm a staff writer. So I, I write all sorts of stuff and walking dead oh. is kind of my specialty. But I interview a ton of authors and you know read a lot of books and I just I love that you didn't do what everybody else does. Thank you. That's Thank you. what really you know it, from the very first word, it's so different, and that's what I, I think that's what's so captivating about it. Well, I, I the breakthrough for me was we I rewrote the entire manuscript, uh, January January February March of last year. By March, I had to revamp everything, and I revamped everything for a new deadline. Not a delayed deadline, but my deadline with Hachette was September 1st, and I got the manuscript in August 15th. But a friend of mine said, what do you, what do, you do best? What do you know best? And I said, I, I guess I know theater. She said, write it as a theater piece. So at least it hit me to structure it with three acts, two intermissions, and instead of having uh, chapters having scenes instead of having a prologue, having an overture, instead of having, egg, uh, you know, an afterward having exit music, instead of having acknowledgments, having a cast party. So that that was uh, the big breakthrough after the major breakthrough, which was to tell the story through the eyes of my relationship with my mother and my mother's relationship with me. And that was, I, I think that was such a, a unique but really daring decision because you know you have to in order to do that you can't hold back yeah. like you open the floodgates and it's you know for better or for worse these are the stories and, and you go I mean you just you you just so bravely go into all of that and it's just so powerful thank you uh, it also gave me the opportunity by to again work through my relationship with my mother which was a very long uh, sometimes torturous, but ultimately phenomenal journey. Pheno phenomenal. I mean, I really landed in a haven that uh, will keep me company for the rest of my life. But besides 
exploring that. It was a way to make her ubiquitous. It was a way to honor our elders, and it was a pathway into the universal. I mean, why is The Walking Dead so successful? Think about the universal in that. It has it is humanity against an incredible ox, op, obstacle, the destroyers of one's humanness, and how to overcome that so that the planet can survive with, mm -hmm. with a homo sapien on it. Um, and those people who reduce it to a show just about walkers have missed the point. Likewise, I hope true. that my mother, it's not just a mother-daughter relationship, it's a parent-child relationship, but it has to do with facts about early socialization. They're doing um, construction here, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna shut the door. Um, <laughs> it's about the book is about the effects of early socialization on a baby girl on a child you have a mother who is a deed doer that's how she expresses her love and you have a child that needs words so you have this mm -hmm. you have this um I, I uh, employ many young, struggling actors as my assistants to give them a way to make sure they can pay their rent. And of course, they are usually in their 20s, so they have better eyes, ears, and certain cognitive abilities that operate quickly. And of course, they're incredibly computer savvy. And when you get an assistant where you're going like this, where you can't understand each other, where one person... <clears throat> one person's rhythm doesn't hit the other person's rhythm or a person rushes so much as to make mistakes that are not acceptable for me. The reason you liked Lilyville, I think, is because it had to be the 21st, 26th, 27th draft. I culled every single word. I combed through looking for vivid verbs, getting rid of it, getting rid of the gets, getting rid of anything that didn't carve a specific image for my reader to step into the canvas of my life and of Lily's life, of Lily's life. Oh, yeah. And it's just, it, you know, I, I think you really hit on something there because for so many people, you know, who have, I don't want to say challenging relationships or problematic relationships with their parents, but they, they, you know, they don't understand why their relationship is the way it is. And, you know, in your case, like you, you do understand that. And, you know, and when you have a parent, um, you know, and I can relate to this, like, you know, when you have a parent who's larger than life, there certain things happen to the children that you can't control. It just becomes, you know, like for, for so long, part of my identity was, oh, you're Sally's daughter. And then I felt like I was a disappointment when I wasn't just like her, huh. but I was myself. And so then I became known for being me, you know, so that, you know, in, in, so you adapt and then you learn and then and that becomes such a huge part of, you know, part of your story. So I think that that's, you know, I, I think some of the best, some of the, the scenes that stand out, I mean, I just, I just love, you know, that, that, <laughs> that's the scene when you're, you're, in, you're in the hospital and you're, you have to take the party to her and it just, but you just, you're able to continue that energy and, you know, like you understand what needs to happen you understand what needs to happen for her and and to work in her world and you just seamlessly do it and 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 you know the story of just you know okay we're gonna now we have to take the party to the hospital and now the party has to go from the hospital to her room 
And we're going to keep this, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's such a a great story, you know, like. Thank you. Well, it's, I, I, you know, the, the idea that they had to go up two by two, like Noah's Ark, (laughs) Ark, was when the earth was going to be flooded into non-existence. And, and God said, you can, why don't you take these people on a boat so they can withstand this problem? They and some of the birds, when the birds showed up. Where, where is the universal? You know, that's, that's the question. Very many people ask me why I'm writing this book. One of the reasons was that Hashed invited me to write this book and we're in the middle of a pandemic. So glory to God, you know, they paid my rent. You know, I became a writer for Hashed. As you know, you're a paid writer. So, and the other, the other reason is it gave me this incredible opportunity to re re-examine my whole life in a specific image-filled way uh, dedicated to exploring, again, what is the common river of human experience. And the pandemic cooperated. I got COVID last March 9th through 19th. The minute I got well, we moved out to our country home and stayed there till Christmas. And I wrote and wrote and wrote. And uh, I write my books orally with my assistants and we go over it and over it and over it. I asked the counsel of a wonderful colleague of mine, Jeff Harner, and he helped me a great deal uh, in listening and saying, I suggest this, I suggest that. So that, that was very helpful, but this is my book. I didn't have a ghost writer, you know. <laughs> and, um, I am I'm very grateful to have written this one second sweetheart i'm i'm on a i'm on a interview thank you that was my husband of over 44 years oh i love his own thing with god knows what um (laughs) he's he's a he it's a big time lawyer he just retired Oh, just retired from the biggest law firm in the world from uh, uh, DLA Piper. So he's had quite a beautiful career. Um, So what were we talking about? We're talking about locating the universal for the benefit, for the benefit of society. If you want to talk in big strokes, I'm not trying to be presumptive, but the idea is to serve whether you're an author, an actor, a painter. If you have, if you do a great still life of an apple, you give the viewer the opportunity to see apple. You see apple like you've never seen apple before. It's like, my God, that's what they mean by apple. So that's what I tried to do with Lily Bell. Oh, that kind of mother-daughter relationship or that kind of human being. I'm just about to play Dr. Ruth Westheimer in a one-woman play and have it, and it's going to be filmed. And there is a... German doll, she of course was an orphan of the Holocaust and was taken to a Kinderheim in Switzerland which allowed her to survive. And when the war finished, they gave her her certificate to be a domestic in Switzerland. So just in case you thought it was some kind of a party. But there was this toy in Germany called a Steafmenschen. A Steafmenschen is a person who when you push them down, they come right back up. Push them down. right back up yeah I have to say I owe my mother a debt of great gratitude um, that in withstanding 
her, her black hole of silence, I still came right back up. I was resilient. So when Michael Langham or, or John Hirsch told me I had no gift to give on the stage, this was not new news. This was a familiar experience way back from my childhood, a very painful one, very, very painful. But I, I had withstood Lily, so to withstand Langham and Hirsch was possible. It wasn't a grain of sand, but it was possible. And I didn't give up. And then I came to New York and my, my fortune changed. Oh, I love it. I love it. And they can kiss my talented ass. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love it. I do wonder, I mean, it, you know, you said that you had, uh, you had done this big revision um, last year. And I do, I do wonder, like, did, did having, did having COVID and writing this book during a pandemic change anything about the book or the way you approached it? It changed everything about the book because I, I had no distractions and I'm a, I was told by my editor, I was in a very, very good setter of vivid scenes, but the book was a, a string of was a string of pearls that were not yet hanging together. It was vignettes. Vignette. Mm -hmm. And I had to think of a structure where I could connect this with an act one, an act two, an act three, and somehow going inside the, the structure of a play or even a screenplay, it freed me up. It also freed me up for the Lilyisms and Tovaisms between the acts, all those things of mother regarding, she went to see Miss Saigon and she said, isn't the point of theater not to have the helicopter? And I thought that was great. Or, um, you know, the various things about uh, Amanda, our beloved uh, second born, Brandon is our first, but she got off a plane from La Coruña, Spain, having studied Spanish. And she has size C breasts and my mother has size C breasts and I have size A, A breasts, like little acorns, you know, like a dancer's breast. And my mother looked at me and she looked at Amanda she looked at herself. She goes, well, I guess it skips a generation. <laughs> so she, she was hilarious. So it was a great opportunity. And she's made me very strong. You know, it's not, it's not that if somebody is a negative force in your life, what are you going to do with it? Ruth Westheimer says, clear them out. Don't be around negative energies. But how do you clear them out? Let's say with the pandemic, whether you're all living in the same house, you can't move. You better start meditating. You better start going into that interior strength, that interior safe space, that beautiful tropical um, verdant forest inside the, the light of your soul where you can rest probably through meditation, just taking a breath. I've been using Headspace on my iPhone every day. I find it a very good app. Um, uh, I also find Lilyville a very good book. Joseph, <laughs> Joseph had a poster made for me. I'm so excited. Oh, I love it. My book. That's the day. That's the day of my bat mitzvah, December eighth, in an undisclosed decade. There and there's my mother Lily, and uh, and we're in the living room of my home where there was the party, the bat mitzvah. I was the only bat mitzvah at Quaker Ridge School, and I was a solo. Piano. I, would, I played Rhapsody in Blue for the graduation, and um, so I was a soloist for a long time. One of the most important metaphors in the book is that my mother and I never played a duet. We were both pianists. I was never helped with fingering. I, I actually never asked her to help me, but she never volunteered. She never came by, 
My father, when I would practice, he would lie down on the couch and go like this. <laughs> as, if, as if, you know, as if, as if I were like the prima violinist in the New York Philharmonic. He was so supportive. And also he gave, he gave me a lot of ammunition to survive. He really did. He did. He did. Did I write about when I was doing Yentl uh, that there was a man in the back of the audience and I thought he was my producer? I was playing Philadelphia, the Walnut Street Theater. We were in technical rehearsals. The guy was there for four or five hours. I assumed he was my beloved Mo Septi, who was my producer, would take us to Broadway. And I would go up the aisle in the, for the uh, break for dinner, and there was my father. And he said, Tova, I was in Philly to try a case. And instead of going right home, I thought I would stop in. And I couldn't leave. And that was, you know, stuff like that. Parent does oh. something like that for you. So how, how do you parent children? <clears throat> I talk about that in the book. My biggest advice to all, all, of, all of us who love The Walking Dead is that you should put into your children what you hope for them. <clears throat> what do I mean by that? I mean that at night, as you tuck them in, you say, I'm the luckiest mother in the world because I have this wonderful, empathic, kind, brilliant, hardworking, diligent, decent human being. And the baby says, Mama, what empathic. I said, it means to feel with another person. And night after night, you put them, you put that in. So <clears throat> I don't think my daddy articulated all that, but he articulated Terry Sue, doodle-loo-doo-doo. I love you, doodle-loo-doo-doo. Yes, I do, doodle-loo-doo-doo. And I'll be true to my little girl, my Terry Sue. I mean, that was pretty good. That was pretty clear that I, I, he was a home plate that would be safe for me. I don't even remember my mother ever singing to me. That was crazy. She was dutiful beyond belief. Too much. Too much. She gave my father the sun, she gave him the spotlight, and uh, she felt the best way she could be a mother was by setting the record straight, making sure our, our lives were in order, and constantly teaching us through corrections, don't do this, do this. That, what it really says to the child is, you're not, you're not good enough, you don't get it right. I learned that I'm, I'm becoming a better and better and better employer as my years go on with these wonderful assistants. You can't criticize them. They're not your children. And even if they make a heinous mistake, you cannot criticize a person all the time. They get very disempowered. And if they're clever, they leave. So you don't want that to happen. So. Yeah, that's true. Now, I have to ask, because you do, um, you know, you mentioned this, uh, this really amazing relationship that you have with Andrew Lincoln working on The Walking Dead. Best. And I, I, I can't help but wonder, and this was not a planned question, but you just kind of touched on it. I, when you were working you know, in those particular seasons, the relationship that Rick had with his son are, is such an interesting, it's such an interesting point for them. And I'm just wondering, did that ever, did you ever sit back and watch, you know, watch their interactions on the show and think, you know, I, I kind of, even though it's the apocalypse and even though it's, it's a completely different situation, but you know, did you, did you ever kind of think about their relationship and, and what you lived and, and things that you, you know, the way that, that he imparted things to his son? Well, the first thing is I loved 
those actors, both of them were fabulous. And, and, the, and the young man who played Carl uh, was brilliant. As a matter of fact, he went to University of Georgia. He could have gone to Yale uh, to continue his work on The Walking Dead. I mean, he was yeah. just one of those gifted people. And if you meet his parents, you know why. They are so wonderful. Um, Andy Lincoln, as everybody says, he's a human being where when you are working with him, your work gets better. I can't give anybody higher praise, and I know it's been said before, but this is a cliche because it is the truth and it works. So he's about the most decent person I've ever met. I was very sad he left the series, but he had given it 10 years of his life, did he not? Yeah, he did. Right. He, he, had, he had missed a lot of his own children growing up on a, on a regular basis. He was really away from them a long time. And they would come for the summers, but they made it work. They yeah. made it work, but it was... And, and he did escape the show without dying. You know, he's, <laughs> he just, yeah, they, they didn't kill him off, so... It's, well, uh, that's great. He can always come back. Well, he, they're doing movies, so he's uh, he's going to have a, a Rick Grimes movie. But it it he did escape that that kind of the way off the show he, <laughs> that you talked about. Probably, and Norman's still alive, and Denai's still alive, right? Denai yeah, in Alexandria. She took she took my place. I spoke to her in my death scene. Um, look, it was it was delicious working on The Walking Dead because. They took nothing for granted. When they hit number one, it's one thing to get there. It's another thing to stay up there. It's very Ooh. difficult. So you, they really kept their head in the artistic tunnel and went after every episode as if it were a feature. It was absolutely remarkable. And uh, it's a series that uh, will, will live forever in, in, in the hearts of its fans. It's the first time, I mean, I was mobbed at a gelato store at the, uh, Milan, across from the Duomo, because of The Walking Dead. I haven't experienced that kind of ubiquitous fame since Holocaust. When I went abroad and I had just done a miniseries called Holocaust, it was people would run after me and ask me for pieces of my clothing, which I thought was an interesting request. Anyway, uh, um, I loved working on The Walking Dead and I loved working with those actors. They were serious artists, all of them. They were serious. They were not... Um, they, they were there to, to give it their all, and the directors expected it of you. And I, of course, was there season five and six, so by that time they had their stuff down. Melissa McBride, mm -hmm. you know, there was no hierarchy there. Very often you go on a set and you don't ever speak to the lead unless, um, unless uh, he speaks to you because they have such responsibilities. None of that existed. Andy would come to the set to just watch other actors work. I was stunned. I, I remember he came just to watch my work. It was crazy. I, I was so touched. He also was a great rehearser. I, I like to rehearse. I'm from the theater and I like to rehearse. Uh, so I was very touched by their work and their, and their evolving relationship. They're evolving. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think, you know, that's one of the things that really stood out. Um, I was telling Joseph before you, before you came on that, you know, I love the fact that The Walking Dead was able to open up this whole new fan base for you that you know never would have you know it, it's not to say they wouldn't have known who you were but it's you know you there will be a whole group of people who read this book who knew nothing of anything else that you had done but now your world has opened up for them and they'll be able to go back and find things and 
you know, look for, for little bits of, of, you know, things that you've done, things, you know, this, uh, you know, your new play that you're doing. I mean, it's, it just opens up a whole new world and it's I'm, so special. I'm thrilled. And remember TWDers, I have a whole, a whole excerpt about the walking dead in my audition on page 215. So buy the book. I prefer you buy the hardcover, but if you want to buy the audiobook or the Kindle, be my guest. The, the audiobook's going to be pretty good because they allow me to sing. I get to sing. Where's the bathroom? Where's the bathroom? I need to find the bathroom. Tell me that you have a bathroom in this hovel you call home. And that would be from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. But never you mind. That happened after The Walking Dead. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I, I can't wait. I, people are going to love this book. As my, it, it, you can't put it down. It's that kind of book. And it just, as soon as you start, you know, and I'm a very, I'm, I'm a tactile book reader. So to read it on a computer screen was, was, you know, I got the, uh, the, the pages, like the finishing, you have the little, the little things on them because they're like the unfinished pair, the finished pages. But I just kept scrolling. I was like, I can't stop. I, you know, I, it, it was a, I want to say it was a page turner, but there were no pages to turn. So right. I had to pretend in my mind that I was, I mean, you just, you just can't stop. The hardcover is beautiful. And the book itself inside the book jacket, there are many, many pictures on the book jacket, which is wonderful and high quality paper. The book itself is white. It's white. It is illuminated and it has uh, Lilyville on, on the spine of it. Um, I can just tell everybody out there, you know, you you may not know me from Broadway, and you may not know me from film, but you know me from TWD. But the longest and most profound role of my career was as Lillian Kaplan Felchu's daughter. And it was a part I never auditioned for, but a part that prepared me dearly to play Deanna Monroe in The Walking Dead. All right. I hope you really enjoyed that interview. It was so much fun to do. And even now, just thinking about it, it just puts this big smile on my face. So hopefully it puts a smile on your face. And um, hopefully you'll check out the book because it is it is a phenomenal book. And I think you'll enjoy it. Um, let's see. The next couple weeks are going to be busy. Uh, I am gosh, today's Tuesday. So I'm actually talking with the Fear the Walking Dead showrunners later today. Uh, that interview will be up. We're, we're kind of breaking it into two pieces. We're going to do a post-mortem on 608. We're going to be talking about 609 that will be available after the uh, the episode airs. Uh, I am talking to Denai Garcia. I'm talking to Jenna Elfman. And yeah, there's there are so many conversations to be had. I have an uh, interview with Karen David that I'm going to be talking or I'm going I'm to have on the podcast and uh, lots of other interviews that haven't been, uh, we haven't gotten the dates set up, but they are in the works and they feature members of the cast. So there's a lot to talk about, a lot of uh, special guests to join the podcast. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast uh, so you get notifications whenever there's a new episode that drops because there will be lots of episodes that drop in the coming weeks just because we have lots of people to talk to. So make sure you don't miss out. Uh, as always, if you uh, have a chance, leave us a review. The reviews help so we can make sure that we're bringing you the content you want to see. Um, if you have any questions about things that you want us to talk about on the podcast, hit me up on Twitter at Sarah Beth Pollock. And uh, at, you can also hit us up on the Undead Walking Twitter uh, at Undead Walking FS. Um, so, yeah. Thanks so much for joining me uh, today, and thank you to Tova Felshev for taking the time to speak with us, and I 
really hope I get a chance to speak to her again because she is so much fun. Enjoy the book if you get it, and uh, let me know what you think of it. You can uh, hit me up on Twitter with that, too, if you've, if you've read the book. Let me know what you think. I would love to hear your thoughts, and I'm sure she would appreciate hearing from people who have read it because she's really excited about it. It's her first book, so yeah, let her know. Uh, so yeah, we will talk soon, everybody. Just want to remind you to stay safe, wash your hands, and watch out for those walkers. Thanks, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.